You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about the variety of topics covered on the show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. And if you enjoy this episode, please consider becoming a monthly donor to support my work and allow it to continue to go on and be free for all to access for as low as 99 cents a month. Visit the support the show link on my site's homepage for more information. Hello everybody and welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Quick PSA, one of the groups I was really raving about last month in the Best of May 2021 countdown, the J-Pop slash J-Rocker Manacle. I was lucky enough to get to interview them recently. So that interview I'm very excited to share with the world. It is posted on the show's site right now. If you go to 17karatkpop.weebly.com, the episodes tab at the top, and you will see the interview page come up in the drop-down menu. You could also click the More button and scroll down to Blogs, and it's one of the latest blog posts. Their responses are in both Japanese and English. Also, by scrolling through my past blog posts, you will be able to see my Best of June 2021, which not only adds extra commentary to what I highlighted about those releases in the last episode of the show, but it also includes Spotify and YouTube playlist links if you want to check out all of the songs and videos I talked about on that episode. So that's the latest for the website. Now let's dive into today's news. And topic number one is a big one. SM Entertainment had their Congress for the year, as they call it. A big presentation about what is next for them. And they had tons of news to deliver. Here's what we can expect from SM Entertainment, and this is just what they announced at this Congress. We still don't even know, for example, the details about Red Velvet's alleged August comeback. So lots, lots, lots in store for them this year. Here is what we can expect. A new season of Analog Trip in October. A brand new combination of members in the NCTU subunit. A brand new Wavy album. A brand new NCT 127 album. And them promoting a repackage of it later. A release similar to NCT 2020, where it is all of the members of NCT so far. There is also that... K-Pop Goes to Hollywood project, NCT Hollywood, will be formed through an audition program in America, and then 21 finalists will end up going to South Korea for their boot camp. There are current talks to make a Hollywood movie out of the SM Entertainment universe, particularly in ESPA's world. Lee Soo Man, who founded SM Entertainment and hosted this Congress of sorts, talked about how he's leaning into the concept of Kaman, cartoon, animation, webtoon, motion graphics, avatar, and novel. It's basically a way to tell a story through a bunch of different platforms. Mark from NCT said something along the lines of they're going to satisfy their curiosity this year of N-Citizens about the SM Entertainment Cinematic Universe which is an interesting way of saying they're going to give us maybe more questions than answers, but they're going to keep giving us all of these clues and Easter eggs to decode on shows like mine. So definitely I would expect their next announcement to be 
books or graphic novels of some kind that further just add to the cinematic lore of SM Entertainment artist stories, continuously feed fans more content to dissect and connect to other content, and keep us super, super invested in this ever-expanding story. In addition to expanding the cinematic universe they've already been establishing, they are ready to recruit the next generation of world builders. Officially confirmed now are the plans that were rumored about for quite a while. The SM Institute is coming. It's a partnership program with John Grow Academy and this company called Esteem. They are going to basically create a university. In addition to looking towards the future, SM Entertainment is also looking back at their past with the SM Classics Project, which will feature more orchestral versions of their latest hits. They just recently teased the orchestral version of Make-A-Wish by NCTU is on the way, and the SM Remastering Project, where over 300 older SM Entertainment videos are going to be remastered in 4K quality. There will even be a new version of one of Hot Singles' Free to Fly to celebrate the band's 25th anniversary, and the latest SM Entertainment artists will pick up their mantle and recreate that video, essentially. The remake video will star Winter from Espa, Kangta, and Sunshan from NCT. So in addition to all of these plans, the SM Institute, Cinematic Universe plans, new NCT projects, SM Classics, and SM Remastered, they also have a new building now, helping symbolize SM Entertainment's next chapter, their fresh start, and they acknowledge during this Congress the recent trademarking of the phrase Pink Blood, which sounds like it's not the name of a new group. The actual reason they trademarked it, based on the way they talked about it, is that it's a term they're going to use for some sort of fandom-related activity or project, way for artists to connect with fans. I will bring you the latest when more info comes out about that term. If you want to hear more about SM Entertainment's history of being both ahead of the curve and all about history and repurposing their past projects, if you just want to hear about the marketing genius behind SM Entertainment, I dive into that in the episode of this show called Boafide Pop Stars, and there's one also called Something Along the Lines of the SM Entertainment Universe. So be sure to check out those episodes for more of their strategy long-term, how they became the juggernaut they are today. Moving on to our second topic today, a new K-pop-themed rom-com is coming to Netflix. It's called Somewhere Only We Know, and it's a young adult novel adaptation from Maureen Goo. It will be produced by Lana Cho, who worked on Four Weddings and a Funeral, as well as the show Greek, Arrow, lots of big projects. According to The Hollywood Reporter, quote, The story follows a massive K-pop star and a tabloid photographer as they wander through the neon streets of Hong Kong, finding both adventure and love, unquote. This next story today, I absolutely love. In Thailand, a big part of the tourist experience and traveling in general is the tuk-tuks, which are basically these 
motorcycle rickshaws. They've got three wheels, they're open air, so on super hot days or bad air quality times, not ideal. But they are known as just a very popular way to get around, especially for tourists. They're very cute looking if you ask me and very quirky. They can have decorations on them and stuff. And there are currently over 9,000 registered tuk-tuks in Thailand. In 2020, due to a lack of tourists and other variables, visits to Thailand fell 85%. A massive cut and a massive blow to the tuk-tuks. People were feeling like it was unfair what COVID relief money was going to instead of these local businesses in a way. People decided to take matters into their own hands. And they started paying tuk-tuk drivers to drive around with banners up promoting their favorite K-pop artists. K-pop is huge in Thailand. And if you're a longtime K-pop fan, you know that birthday advertisements and other very public, crowdfunded ways of promoting your faves is super common in Asia. Fans decided, well, if we're going to put all this money and coordination and effort into these grassroots campaigns to promote our faves, why not do it while supporting local businesses? So fan clubs intentionally switched from posting all of these ads based on visibility of the location, iconicness of the placement of the ad, and instead prioritize more who their money could assist. So they started paying these tuk-tuk drivers to have the ads held up for them. It's like the ice cream truck. Fans come out and run towards it and, well, this is not like the ice cream truck, so the comparison only goes so far, but anyway, fans then run out to it and take pictures by it. This was actually a movement intentionally started by a university student, and although its intention was meant to assist at first around a couple dozen of these drivers, the business has grown now so that over 300 of the 9,000 registered drivers are being helped by this cause. My hope is that this becomes a permanent shift. So as opposed to fans, and not just Thailand but everywhere, who want to have birthday events for their faves and other ways that K-pop fans do the most to support their faves, I hope that we prioritize helping local businesses in the process when we can. And even after Thailand eradicates COVID, hopefully, lifts all its border restrictions and travel restrictions, I really hope this trend does not end because the problems for these tuk-tuks will not end. Even when tourists come back, again, think about the climate crisis and the ways that their vehicles are not as fun to ride in when it's super hot out, when the air quality is not good, etc. So... They will continue to need support beyond what they used to. Story number four today, the opposite of exciting, unfortunately. There is some more drama with Samuel, the solo artist, and his management, Brave Entertainment. This feud has been going on for a couple of years now. Really hard to sum up super briefly, but to put it as briefly as I can, basically, this tension started being publicly aired out in the open in 2019, when Samuel announced that he was going to start promoting 
as an independent artist, and his agency claimed that was news to them and they had not approved for him to just go independent, and that Sam had no permission to do that. Samuel then brought forth both civil and criminal charges against the CEOs. He filed a request for contract termination, citing breach of trust, and he also filed charges accusing them of embezzlement, fraud, and forgery. So the civil case never came to fruition because his request to terminate his contract was denied. The criminal case had been prolonged, but the verdict was revealed that police were not going to come to a verdict. They just dropped the charges against Brave Brothers. Police officially dropped the charges against Brave Brothers June 25th of this year. Samuel has officially released a statement in response to this decision. He says he plans to appeal the verdict ASAP, as well as request a reinvestigation because he claims he has enough evidence that they should take a second look at it. He says he filed the criminal complaint after he had accused them of the things he mentioned in the civil complaint. So basically, he thought he needed to force their hand to provide more evidence when he was trying to sue for contract nullification. And he thought once he started doing that, they had been concealing evidence from him. They basically stopped being transparent with him if they ever had been before. So he thought he needed to force their hand with a legal threat. He also claimed that they wanted him to pay a billion won to them. Sam continues to insist the reputational damage this incident has caused him was intentional reputational damage, not just a byproduct of this media attention from this drama, but that it was a calculated decision by them. So he does plan to appeal right away. As of recording time, that's all he said. But if he has another statement, if there are gains in this case, I will keep you posted. I have a minor degree in criminal justice, but that does not mean I know much about the law in South Korea specifically. So I don't have too much to add about what I think will happen. What I will say, though, is that it feels like Sam has exhausted a lot of legal remedies. And frankly, I don't see things looking up for him in terms of actual contractual nullification anytime soon, unless they can prove that the concealing of evidence was intentional. Moving on to topic five, which is much brighter. 17 updates. The live stream concert they had recently, Incomplete, is officially coming to DVD. DK just joined Instagram, and the new trailer for his musical Excalibur just came out. Their new album, Your Choice, officially has the highest first week album sales for a 2021 release so far, and they made their Billboard 200 debut, landing in the top 20 no less. They actually reached number 15, it would have been perfect if it was number 17, but of course, not complaining. 17 has also just released, through Weavers, a series of individual interviews and photo shoot pictures. And in the interviews, they talk about their latest album, their career so far, a host of topics. So I want to share some of my favorite slash the most interesting takeaways from those interviews. Wu revealed that the original music video for Bittersweet had a very linear plot, but they changed it later on to leave the ending up to interpretation. 
which is very 17 of them, to take other suggestions but also leave their own spin on it that is very 17. He also said the music video director worked on an episode of the show Persona, the Walking at Night episode, which I found interesting. He also used a really cute analogy to describe Seventeen's career. Quote, We've been preparing the land with fertilizer for the past six years, and I think now, with the seeds planted, all that's left is to grow. Now we've just started to get just the right amount of water and sun. The only thing left to do now is to blossom. Unquote. Woozy opened up about the making of Heaven's Cloud. Quote, we made this on after we planned out the album, but long before Ready to Love. I started by shaping the excitement that jumps out when you talk about love, no matter what age or how mature you are, and worked on lyrics that make you picture something fluffy. The song's working title was also Heaven's Cloud, so I just figured the whole thing would sound like a cloud in heaven, and eventually we stuck with the title. It's rare, but the working title ended up being the final title, too. The vocals move in and out of falsetto to make the melodies sound stylish and colorful, and he goes on and on to describe the makeup of that song. Really interesting that they actually stuck with that title all the way through. That seems very rare, actually, and it's a really cute metaphor. A very youthful love that remains a focus of their songs. The Eight revealed that the song Wave was actually initially going to be his solo song. There are some really interesting quotes I've been thinking about from Esku and Mingyu. Esku said, quote, The wider you set your sights, the less you look up at the sky. He was talking about how he wants to preserve this feeling of love and happiness he currently has in his life. The wider, the more you look around you and really take in what is making you so happy in that moment, the less you just stare up at the sky wondering and longing for the answer because it's right in front of you. I thought that was a really profound way to look at it. As was Mingyu's life view, he said, quote, Patience is not a virtue. If you need to have patience about some opinion, that patience comes from not having a 100% understanding. If you truly respect something, you don't need to be patient, unquote. That was a really interesting way to perceive the concept of patience to me as kind of a placeholder for what you should really be seeking, which is understanding. If you view what you have to do as needing to be patient, that then detracts from thinking you truly just need to understand and empathize. Patience is kind of just a placeholder virtue. That was a really interesting way to see it. Highly recommend you read the full interviews, though. I will link to them on the next edition of my newsletter. Let's get to your rapid-fire headlines now for the other latest news in the world of K-pop. Congrats to Kim Yoon-ji, a.k.a. N.S. Yoon-ji, who is getting married very soon. Aside from Rihanna... Lisa from Blackpink is officially the only foreign star to be on the cover of Vogue Hong Kong. Sungyu from Infinite has COVID-19, but he is luckily asymptomatic, just in isolation. As are 80s, who as of recording time, we don't know their test results, but a staff member tested positive for COVID, so they are isolating until they get their test results. Omega X 
tested negative after someone at an album promo event of theirs tested positive. Lou and Zhu from VAV have both decided to enlist in the military early. Instead of they intentionally spread out when a member is away in the military, VAV is taking the other approach, which is have a bunch of band members go do their required military time at the same time to just shorten the time overall that the whole group is absent. They are set to officially become active duty soldiers July 12th. Dasam from the group Sistar is parting ways with Starship Entertainment after over a decade with them. There are new BTS dolls you can get from the company Sideshow Collectibles. Each one is $195. If you don't have that kind of money, new BTS Funkos are out, which are much cheaper, and you can even get mini keychain versions of these adorable characters too. They're all dressed in their dynamite music video looks, and you can pre-order now through Amazon or Walmart. Walmart is the only place, by the way, that is offering currently the seven members as a Funko pack. You can't buy all seven in a pack anywhere else right now. Wanho has unveiled his official light stick design. Jinho from Pentagon and Tail of NCT have both joined Instagram. Red Velvet's Wendy is the new host of the radio program Yun Street, starting July 12, 8 p.m. Korean time. She was actually a DJ for three days back in 2018. How it started versus how it's going in the best way. Welcome back, Nuis Aaron from his hiatus. Congrats to King Daniel, who is hosting, for the first time, an Mnet reality show. This is a competition show called Street Woman Fighter, and it is a dance crew competition. Eight different dance teams are going to compete, and the show will premiere in mid-August. I talked about Taeyeon's new SoundCloud release, Swimming Pool, in the episode called Happy Birthday Taeyeon that came out recently to celebrate his birthday, but a little bit more I did not mention in that episode is how well it's performing. It surpassed his song Rose to become his highest charting song on the Genius All Genre chart. It also ranked fourth place on Genius Korea's K-Rock chart. The differences in the stats for some of his latest SoundCloud releases I find interesting. Monroe got 10.9 thousand shares in its first 24 hours. Rose got nearly 15,000 shares. In this one, Swimming Pool got around 7,000 shares. That's an interesting discrepancy. Out of those three, Swimming Pool is the only one where Taeyeon was not collaborating with a different famous artist. As for likes, Monroe got 95,000, Rose got 108,000, and then this new one got 50,000. As for streams, in its first 24 hours, Monroe got 730,000. Rose got 828,000, and this new one only got 275,000. Come on, people, we better step it up next time for him. Remember, he said he has one more big release coming soon, so we really need to go all out for that one, regardless of whether or not it's a collab. I just want to really prove to SM Entertainment that he deserves more solo promo. Anyway, not to say his SoundCloud songs are flops by any means, Rose reached a million streams in less than two full days, after all. And aside from SoundCloud, his Love DeLuna OST just surpassed 10 million streams. The latest Billboard chart updates. 
Yu-Gi-Oh! and DeVita's collab, I Want You Around, debuted at number 2. Yu-Gi-Oh! and Grey's All Your Fault debuted at number 18. And also proving to be a very successful member of GOT7 as a soloist, Bam Bam's Ribbon reached number 17 on the World Digital Song Sales Chart. Also on that chart, rookie group Light Sums' debut single Vanilla reached number 8. And they are the only group who has debuted in 2021 so far to even get on that chart, let alone end up in the top 10. Speaking of super rookies, Epex now has the highest debut album sales for a 2021 debuted K-pop group so far this year. Over 33.5 thousand copies of their debut album were sold in just one week. 2PM also reached an album milestone. They just had their highest first week sales ever. You know we missed them. They broke the record, surpassing 79,000 copies sold. TXT are now the first K-pop act to spend three weeks in the Billboard 200 with a 2021 album release. And they also just got 10 million TikTok followers, and they're only the third K-pop group to reach that. J-pop star Nissy's new video for Do Do just surpassed 2 million views is obviously a direct response to me raving about the song and video on this show the other day. Surpassing 30 million views is Day 6's video for I Loved You and Luna's Paint the Town, although it's probably way more than 30 million by the time this episode airs. Reaching 40 million views, congratulations by Day 6, 50 million views on Ribbon by Bam Bam, 100 million views on Gone by Rosé, 400 million views on Butter by BTS, 700 million views on Fire by BTS, 1.3 billion views on DNA by BTS, the first Korean boy group video to ever reach that. Reaching 200 million Spotify streams is Whistle by Blackpink, and Blackpink's Jenny song Solo is officially the first song by a Korean soloist to ever reach 300 million Spotify streams. Last but not least, Hello Future, the new NCT Dream repackaged album topped iTunes in 19 regions. It also became the highest one-day sales for an album repackage in Hanteo chart history, and the second highest first week sales of a repackaged album in Hanteo's history. So highest one-day sales, second highest one-week sales for a repackage. As for the chart achievements of Luna's new album, you're gonna have to wait and find out. Along with my thoughts and theories about the new music video and album on the next episode of Lunaverse Talk, coming your way very soon. So stay tuned for that. Lastly, before you go, if you want to support the community hurting in Florida right now because there was a condo collapse, support surfside.org. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all again very, very soon.